Hey, I'm Tommy Chong. Welcome to High on Homegrown. Yes, yes, everybody, and welcome to this week's Grow Guides from High on Homegrown, the cannabis podcast from PersisGrowRoom.com. This week's Grow Guides were talking about cannabis concentrates, things like BHO, Shatter, RSO, FICO, those kinds of cannabis concentrates that get extracted using solvents and things like that. A lot of the methods used to make this are quite dangerous and you have to be very careful. So if you do decide that you want to go and make any of these concentrates, make sure you do enough prior planning and research to make sure that you're being as safe as possible throughout the whole process. Dealing with these high solvents and gases can be explosive. So make sure you do lots and lots of research to ensure you're going to be safe. And better yet, just let the professionals do it. And then you just buy this stuff online. So be very careful. Of course, if you do have any questions or you need any help, then head over to persysgrowroom.com and you'll be able to get plenty of help and advice over there from people with experience doing this kind of thing. So don't rush into it. Take your time and make sure you get it done right if you are going to do that. But again, just be very, very careful if you do take that step. Anyway, here's the Grow Guides all about cannabis concentrates. Uh, we'll see you at the end of the episode. We'll see you in a bit. So concentrates, that's what we're going to be talking about this week. Now, this is where you get cannabis and it could be from your tip leaf or your buds. And pretty much you're trying to take as much of the the THC or the CBD, the cannabinoids off the plant and concentrate it all together to make an oil or hash even. But we've discussed how to make hash already. But, you know, there's different kinds of cannabis concentrates and it's pretty much a concentrated version of THC or CBD. Wouldn't it hash is. belong in that in that category? Yeah, it I does agree. definitely because if if it's just on the flower, it's not concentrates. But as right. you start taking THC off and putting it in in a bulk block, then it becomes a concentrated well, version of THC, which is concentrates. Isn't it? I think um, if I can use alcohol as a analogy here, mm-hmm. it's it's a very apt analogy. You know, you have your three different levels generally of alcohol. There's beer, wine, and and spirits mm-hmm. um, and the spirits essentially you know that's just concentrated alcohol right they put yeah. more of it in during various processes and then you have 40 percent instead of five percent in your beer same thing with concentrates in cannabis and uh, monkey i agree with monkey in that hash and what we consider generally when somebody says a concentrate they mean shatter or uh, diamonds or be some sort of bho or mm-hmm. solvent derived concentrate but definitely hash is a concentrate because it's concentrated resin glands Mm -hmm. and in a general sense yeah it's concentrating the active ingredient therefore it's a concentrate but Mm -hmm. we're going to be talking more about um solvent based concentrates because we've touched on hash yeah uh, specifically like you said this time right yeah for sure dry sift man is Mm -hmm. is the most basic concentrate but then, yeah, like you said, you can do all kinds of methods too. Which is pretty much keef. You know, is keef yeah. concentrate? You know, it seems like that for me to, I mean, that essentially is what concentrate is. But for me to actually say it's a concentrate, I think it, there needs to be some kind of process in making it. And mm. they, they usually come in liquid forms. <laughs> now, that seems to just make sense to me that way. I mean, unless it's shattering and shit. But anyway, well, what different kinds of concentrates do we know? Obviously, we have hash, but that's on the low end. That's like wine. If you was looking at the alcohol level where you have yeah. beer, which is your standard buds, and then you'll have wine, which is more like 13, 14% alcohol. 
that's actually like a really hashes. a pretty yeah. good analogy actually um there like i have some bubble hash in front of me that's 54 percent, which is quite strong for hash mm -hmm. but it's not the 80 70 90 percent that you're going to see in mm -hmm. the solvent based mm -hmm. stuff so like really yeah. concentrated yeah, yeah yeah like really concentrated even isolates isolates are a hundred well 99.9 percent so that's as far as you can take them. And we'll get into that in yeah. a second. But and for, yeah. for each different type of concentrate there is, there's different ways to make them. And that's usually why they have a different name is because it was made in a different way. So we have yeah. rosin and we have RSO, BHO, Shatter. You talk about diamonds and source light as well, TG, right? Yeah. I have some diamonds loaded right now in my pen, actually. Well, I was just what other concentrates sauce. are there? Fico. Fico. Yeah. Uh, well, you have, in my mind, like Frenchy Cannoli has a really fucking good video about this that I highly recommend. I don't know the, the topic or the title off the top of my head, but um, I'll uh, make a post in the in the forum later and I recommend everybody watch it. But basically, you, you can start breaking it down like we've already done with, you know, mechanical separation, which is hash, you know, whether you're beating it on a screen or or bubble uh, using water to extract it and then solvent extraction, which is what we're talking about. But then in solvents, there's usually two general solvents that are used. They're uh, hydrocarbon based. So stuff like butane, propane, hexane, heptane, those kinds of things. And then alcohol based, mm -hmm. which are things like ethanol, which is what is in the, the alcohol that we drink. That's the ethanol. Isopropyl and isopropyl alcohol, which is the other one. And you can use other solvents. They do work such as um, naphtha and fucking like acetone, but those are Ooh. far more toxic and dangerous and harder to get. And yeah, just don't bother with, with those. So uh, yeah. Um, Artman says there, Percy should give away a press. <laughs> Percy should yeah. have a I'll press. I'll just get this one members. right here and give it away. Yeah, no <laughs> problem. <laughs> Percy's doesn't have a press yet. You know, if we had a press to give away, we'd give it away for sure. That's how we roll. But we don't yeah, have no, one. But if you have one to donate, away. Then, oh, before oh, you were offering that, but what, what are you doing? No, I've got. I mean, mine's. You know, I mean, mine's not exactly the world's best press either. So it wouldn't be. Um, it, you know. It's so well loved. Let's start there. <laughs> let's start with the press because we're saying press and specifically when people use a press, they're making rosin and rosin is where you get two heated plates uh, and you, you can use hair straighteners for this if you haven't got an actual rosin press, but it's always better to get an actual rosin press because you need a lot of pressure. And essentially these two metal plates get heated up the bottom one and the top one get heated up, bud gets put in it and then it gets squished like with tons of pressure. The best ones have got lots of tonnage and that squeezes off all of the active ingredient, like all of the resins, the terpenes and the flavonoids and all, all this shit just gets squashed out of the buds and you collect that. And that is what the concentrate rosin is. It's just squished buds and all the goodness has been squeezed out of it. Rosin is not solvent extraction, remember, but like yeah, Robert rosin is just pure clean. You yeah, just yeah. squish that shit. Just to heat get and pressure. Mm-hmm. There, there is two kinds though, and uh, I saw somebody mention mentioned live rosin versus rosin. Yeah, what is the what, difference there? Yeah, yeah, good question. Um, live rosin is made from cryogenically frozen bud, so it's fresh frozen, like Breeder Steve like, mentioned so, with those freezers he sells. Mm -hmm. That's what that's why he sells them. So immediately after they're harvested, they don't get dried right in the freezer, minus like 80 or whatever the fuck they are, immediately frozen. Preserves wow. every single terpene that's in there, mm. and when you squish it and either make hash out of it and then make the hash rosin 
or mm. just make regular rosin because um, you can make you can sift this stuff then and get the trichomes off and then you press that that keef or hash and you get this mm. beautiful beautiful hash rosin yeah, hash um, just for the listeners there hash rosin is where you get hash like tg said there and you'll squish that instead of a bud so that shit squeezes out all the all the goodness that that would be the shit as well oh my god hash the key, rosin. The key mm. is the preservation of those terpenes though because normally mm-hmm. like a lot of monoterpenes and, and volatile compounds will will volatilize and exit the pl- ex- exit the plant uh structure i guess um and then you won't have those but in this process all of that's preserved and it's phenomenal so mm-hmm. i still yeah. haven't done any rosin man and i'd love to because it's all about the flavor and the goodness of that but all the plant matter has been taken out all you're left with is goodness you know what i'm saying mm. i will one, say one i'll try it talking about live rosin and i think it was Chilbert there mentioned it you can't um you can't just take a bud off the plant and squish it to get live rosin it doesn't work that way you'll end up with <laughs> you'll end up with a mess <laughs> <laughs> but there is there is a way to do it um to get your live rosin personally when i do it um i'll i'll do the the freezer method and then i'll shake it make my bubble hat uh, make my dry sift hash and then press the hash oh nice nice that must be fucking delicious mate Oh, so freezing man, it, it's... you do dehydrate it, I think, right? That's ex- I mean, yeah. essentially. I mean, the water does freeze, but it's really fucking dry too. And then, yeah, you make your dry sift and then press it. Yeah. And I mean, it's still, you know, you, you get a, there is a, a water content to it. You know, you're still going to have that moisture content to it, but it's a lot less if you do it mm-hmm. that way by mm-hmm. the freezer and that than if you were to just straight up take a butt off the plant and try and squish it. Especially yes. if that that's been you know it's it's a fresh bud that you've you've been feeding that plant and you haven't dry you know that's that's going to cause issues for you so that's essentially rosin is essentially the cleanest i mean you get your hash and your, and your dry sift but we're not considering those as concentrates right now just when we talk rosin and these like the high percentage cannabinoids in the concentrate itself that's what we're meaning by these concentrates man and rosin is like the cleanest shit you're going to get. You don't need the solvents or the alcohol or anything like that to create rosin. You just need heat and pressure and it will squeeze all the goodness out of the buds. But the most other concentrates after this, they're going to use some kind of solvent to pretty much dilute or break down, dissolve the THC. I keep saying THC, but when I say THC, I mean cannabinoids. Like just the trichomes, they'll melt, they'll be dissolved into the alcohol or the solvent and then extracted away from the, the the plant matter the actual flower so then you're left with just those trichomes which have been dissolved and like tg said earlier you'd use um solvents or you'd use alcohol for these They're... the most famous sorry tg you want to say something i know you go ahead you're just saying the, the most popular one the one which is uh better known would be rso right that seems to be very popular everyone knows RSO is, which essentially stands for Rick Simpson oil, because the the person who made this shit famous, Rick Simpson, was his name. So you know, it's Rick Simpson oil. He used it to treat his father and I think his own skin. Cancer. Yeah, he had skin cancer on his face and used this shit, and it got over that. But, you know. but it's all it is is crude oil. Um, mm-hmm. That's what it's, the industry term is. It's it's generally around forty to sixty percent cannabinoids. It's really strong and there is other things extracted too, not just the cannabinoids, depending on the solvent you use. 
Um, butane, for example, pulls out a lot less of the chlorophyll and plant lipids and shit like that. Whereas ethanol fucking rips all of that out, uh, chlorophyll included. And that's why your Rick Simpson oil is dark, whereas a shatter is a golden color. It doesn't have those yeah. uh, pigments in it. Spoiler alert. Uh, yeah, there's, there's lots <laughs> of different nuances in the solvent you use and what it does, how you... Um, how you purge it has a lot to do with the end product as well. Um, my expertise mostly is, it, well, exclusively is with alcohol extraction because, and uh, up to isolation. Well, we, like, let's go into that. Let's go, because we have RSO, which is, yeah. uh, that's like yeah, isopropyl yeah. for making that shit. And then you have FICO, which is very similar to RSO, but the extraction process is a little different. That's when you're using ethanol and alcohol for that kind of shit, right? Is that is that grain alcohol you'd use yeah. when you're making yeah. FICO? But RSO Me, is more isopropyl. I don't I don't really differentiate between the two, to be completely honest. It yeah. is true the two those two solvents, ISO and ethanol, do act a bit differently and they pull out a little bit different things, but it's a pretty broad spectrum. I wouldn't call it full spectrum because in the process of purging it in most people's, most people don't have a vacuum oven. So you're going to lose a lot of the thing that would make it a true full spectrum, i.e. Right. the monoterpenes and things like this. But um, a lot of the good stuff is preserved, whether you're using isopropyl alcohol or ethanol. So I, I don't like to like, I, I just call everything RSO, you know, mm -hmm. it's probably the shittiest term to use, to be honest, because it really doesn't say anything about what the product actually is, unless you know Rick Simpson's story. But yeah, well, RS, RSO's um, that he his original recipe used. Is it heptane he uses from memory? Naphtha, um, I'm pretty sure. Is naphtha, what, that was the yeah. one. Um, and that's that that was something I was reading the other day on an article about it. And they were saying that, yeah, it, it, to be a true RSO, you have yeah. to follow his his recipe and yeah, the, yeah, he's, he's, recipe, he's been sure. well he's he's been quoted a few times saying that he prefers rso not to be used as a generalization it's it's more yeah rso is his specific um ingredients and how he right. does it and then so fico and things like that would be the name for the other side of it but right, yeah. i mean I, I, it's sense. only because i think people were selling um things marketed as rso and yeah. it wasn't done with his um, We have a product steps. on the legal market, man. RSO. It's called RSO. It's ethanol extracted crude oil. But, right. yep, it's being fucking used. Anyway, yeah. Yeah, so point, yeah, yeah you know I mean, to make Rick Simpson oil, you have to follow Rick Simpson's recipe because that's Rick Simpson's oil. That's, but, yeah, it makes sense, man. You can I think crude oil probably, like, it's not a very well-used term outside the legal industry, but crude oil is, is a better term just because it's, whether whatever solvent you're using, that's the end product, is the crude oil. And then you can take it further into distillate oil and even further into isolate. But, yeah, and you to carry it away right now. I know. Shit. Sorry. Shit. So that's we'll RSO and FICO, pretty much. You dissolve some buds in the alcohol, ethanol, or isopropyl, and then you'll filter off all of the, the the plant matter so you put it through a, a filter or a bubble bag coffee filter or something like that then you'll boil off the alcohol so it evaporates and you're left with rso or fico so yeah. uh, do that shit to uh, and that's how you make that it's pretty pretty easy process but you need to make sure you're in a well ventilated area no open flames because too, too much alcohol in the air 
can become explosive. You have to be very careful of that. If you want to go into more detail and make some RSO or fee code, there's guides over on Percy's Grow Room that can take you step by step through all of that. So give that a shot if you want to. It's always good to make some RSO. You can make it from your AVB as well. I keep saying RSO, but I mean FICO. You know, I don't want to piss off Rick Simpson. so <laughs> too, remember. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you scared me now, Bobak. He's coming for us. <laughs> what do you say there, TG? Quaiso is another one. Quick wash ISO. QWISO. Yeah, a lot of the, a lot of people when they use these methods, they let the weed soak for a long time. Quick wash mm-hmm. means very a quick wash, right? I'm not sure exactly how quick um, it is. I assume that's what I do because I don't when I make my my oil, I uh, I usually don't wash my bud for more than like ten to fifteen minutes, so it's pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so yeah, but it's the same result. It's just semantics at this point i think which is why i hate all these fucking terms and i think the crude oil should just be used as the be-all term as the black yeah. ethanol or isopropyl extracted oil and it pretty much does look like black it's, it looks like black strap molasses if you know it's that very shit, dark it's just it will look like that in a syringe usually you'll find that stuff it's actually well, red but it is dark yeah okay. it's like guinness you know how it looks black mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. when it's you can see it through it it's red actually the, the quick wash that I used, uh, the cannabis actually didn't stay in contact with the alcohol very fast at all. So I think the process that I used was more like getting just the, you know, the best of the best mm-hmm. off, off the stuff, mm-hmm. probably leaving a good bit of uh, the heavies behind. So then we have uh, BHO, which is, uh, I don't know what the H stands for, but it's butane something oil, oil. right? Butane Sorry? hash oil. Okay. Right. And this is where you'll stick a load of bud in a glass tube and it will have a hole in the bottom and uh, like it'll be filtered on it. Well, it's, it's holding the top essentially, isn't it? Well, it doesn't have to be glass, but essentially a t- mm-hmm. closed loop tube yeah, mm-hmm. where you can pressurize it and uh, fill it with butane and out the bottom comes your liquid extracted yep. shit. Now, I've never tried but- this. I haven't done this one. This seems a bit complex. It's well, not, but it's more dangerous because exactly. butane is a little bit, well, a lot flammable. of it more yeah. volatile. Mm-hmm. It's not so much more flammable. It's just a lot more volatile. So it just gets into the air everywhere faster, right? And mm. so- I'm just going to interject quickly, guys. I've got to head off because I've got to get to work. So oh, late. Um, yeah, I know. It's it, it was, well, you dropped it on me at 5.30 this yeah, morning. Very true. So very, no, but you know, Lane, but you got to go. Right? That's the- <laughs> yeah. I'll still be here in spirit, but yeah, I'll be, um, I'll just be in the chat, but I've just got to shoot off now. So Sweet. thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Yeah, great to see you, Bob. Yeah, That's all right, guys. Enjoy. And um, yeah, we'll talk soon. Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. Nice, bro. Goodbye. Later, guys. Stay safe. Nice. All this talk about hash making his mouth water, I think. He's going to go make some rosin. Gonna, gonna go some... watch some tractors or something. <laughs> That's it. Uh, yeah. So, what were we talking about there? And the BHO. Yeah, so between hash oil. Yeah, you can get these uh, tubes on Ali Bongo as well. That's specifically made for this kind of thing. And there'll be a small hole in the top, and it's like a long test tube, small hole in the top, and over the open side on the bigger side, you fill that with bud. Usually around an ounce is what fits in these these uh, tubes. You put a filter over the end with an elastic band, and then you just blast the, the the butane through the little hole at the top, and that pushes itself into the tube, and 
dissolves all the the cannabinoids and the crystals and shit and then it just all drips out the filter at the bottom or it's collected and then you have bho yeah there's a couple important factors in there and we'll go ahead and give you some information but understand butane hash oil if you're doing it at home is very dangerous we're talking about massive amounts of ventilation needed here though Mm. but when you're starting to spray that butane down through your bud uh, your container of butane needs to be inverted because you're trying to spray liquid butane into the into the herb. You don't want to spray gas in there. It won't do anything. You need to have that liquid going down and running the, the cold liquid running down through through your herb and dripping out of the other end is what yeah. you're trying to accomplish there. You know, wear a mask, do it outside, no naked flames, all that kind of shit, man. Be, be careful. No flames at all, naked or mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, you don't want to risk you don't you don't want an electrical mm-hmm. spark in the room or, or even fucking like static. You oh, know, God, static man. will fucking yeah. do it. Yeah. I mean, so don't not, wear cotton. <laughs> not too long after legalization happened, Colorado went through a rash of problems with explosions and fires, people trying to make the stuff on their own. Mm-hmm. So just be aware. This is not a, this is very, very dangerous. And you have to be very, very careful. When, now, this is one of these things. Usually you'd see in the UK here, we'd see explosion because of cannabis factory. And if there's an explosion because of a cannabis factory that you might've seen in the news, sometimes it's because right. they were doing this it's because they were using BHO to try and isolate the cannabis, the trichomes and shit from the cannabis. So it's dangerous, man. Be very careful if you want to go this direction. And we just, it's not like we're encouraging people to make BHO. We're just explaining what it is so you know what it is. But yeah, I don't want to tell you to do it or not to do, to do it. Yeah. You, you make your own choices, mm-hmm. your safety, but, but be aware. This is not something that you should just be casual about. And then we have so, shatter, which is a form of BHO, right? Shatter is what happens after you purge the B out of the HO. Right. Generally, you don't leave your butane in there um a because it's so volatile and it doesn't really stay in there at room temperature and not under you know pressure Mm -hmm. and b because it's highly toxic to ingest and you don't want to do that so yeah shatter is the end product that's after you purge your butane out um and you're left with this golden crystalline essentially highly potent because at those potencies i mean we get the same problem at work when we're doing thc distillation with distillate if the distillate is not kept at like fucking 80 degrees it is basically like a crystal because it's such a high potency it's so hard it basically turns to shatter and it's because of the nature of the thc molecule at those temperatures and pressures if it's isolated like it is it turns into that type of material Mm -hmm. wax fucking um, butter all these other kind of concentrates those are all versions of bho it's just in post-production they're treated differently butter you whip um there's certain like wax i think you make it you can purge at a higher temperature and pressure or or lower vacuum pressure or something like this i'm not an expert on butane so i don't really know the details but um butane you get into the diamonds too you have to use butane um as a as a solvent in order to make and precipitate out thca diamonds which is kind of the highest potency of thc that you can actually make you can actually crystallize pure thc it has to be in its thc acid form which is what diamonds actually are and uh, those are done in a butane super saturated solution where you get a separation of the terpenes on the top and then the crystals fall to the bottom and then you take the crystals out and mix them with the sauce again and I'm, I'm smoking them right now and they're delicious but uh yeah it's like it's chemistry right it's it's manipulating the properties of these molecules with mm. things and 
it's it's really cool shit, but um, complicated, I guess, and hard to hard to cover in like <laughs> uh, the time yeah. we have here. So some of them need their own got yeah. grow guides on their own to make these. Pretty we much. Don't really yeah. go, going into too much detail, we just want to briefly explain what is going yeah, on yeah. with different. Uh, it's kind of essentially things. yeah. Those like the diamonds and all that stuff come from butane. When you get into isolate, like CBD isolate, that's from generally from an ethanol extraction. What I do at my job is make distillate which is generally like a 70 to 90% potency product of pretty much pure cannabinoid, whatever you're isolating, whether it's CBD, THC, or CBG. Um, um, yeah. And it's just, it's the nature of the extraction process that produces the end product, but they're all basically the same in that they're all high THC. It's just the, the way that they are physically depends on how they were produced. So, and Certain ones have better profiles because they preserve, uh, like butane won't. The way that you 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 uh, purge it in post production, you don't actually have to evaporate it so at a, such a high temperature like you would with ethanol, thus destroying a lot of the terpenes. So like things like sugar wax and stuff will preserve those terpenes, um, and give you that amazing profile where you don't get that so much in a distillate because. That's the point of distillate is to get rid of that all, all that shit. So. There's some, there's some really good guides on purses about extracts as well. And there's a post specifically about extracts and concentrates where it goes through the whole list and how, you know, not how it's made, like giving you a guide on how it's made, but briefly how these things are put together. It's but, like you could write a book on it, honestly, mm -hmm. it would be a really good book too. Cause they're beautiful. I'm sure there at, already so. are books about it. I'm sure, yeah. Frenchie would be a good guy to, to look into because he's, you know, yeah, if, if anybody, king, so. if any listener we have doesn't know who Frenchie Cannoli is, they haven't gone out and looked him up yet, or when they hear his name, they think, yeah, yeah, I'm, you know, check it out at a different time. Stop putting that shit off, man. Go and yes. find Frenchie <laughs> Cannoli on YouTube and watch some of his fucking videos, his hash making videos. You even listen to the interview that we had with him, and there is very rarely somebody with as much passion as Frenchie had for this whole fucking thing for cannabis in general. He's, he was like at the top, man. He, he had a lot of passion for this shit and he wanted to make the best hash in the world. And he did. He was probably the best hash maker in the world, man. So go and check his stuff out. Even if you're not into hash, just because you'll never see somebody who loves cannabis as much as he did. Super cool fucking guy. But I could have a silly question. Okay. Or it might not be. It's it's going back to the rosin lads. Mm -hmm. You you know um these industrial heat presses for the for doing like transfers, t-shirt transfers, and on yeah. What what are them work for uh, a know. makeshift rosin? You'd press? need to be able to control the temperature to make sure it's squished at the right time, at uh, the right pressure. And well, it, it keeps its it keeps its temperature at the right time. Mm -hmm. If you set it. This yeah, is a big yeah. industrial yoke. I wonder if it would work. Yeah, it should I work. It I mean, it's just press it. Mean, you can use fucking hair straighteners, mate. So, yeah, and you, you won't get as much good shit because it won't burn as hot as necessary. And you can't put as much pressure on it. It has to be a real good pair of hair straighteners. But you can do with hair straighteners. Yeah, but yeah. Alibongo, again, you know, to bring Alibongo up again, they, on their site, they sell everything for cannabis other than growing gear. So if you want that shit, then you go to Alibongo. This is why they have everything. But they have rosin presses that you can buy from Alibongo with a 15% discount using Percy's 15 for your discount code. 
Then you there's can make one. your own rasin. There's one other one. You guys know what it is? Which we forgot. Uh, we forgot. Wax. Supercritical CO2. That's another extraction method, and it produces again crude oil. And um, I think you you can make. Well, you can, we make. Oh, I've made distillate using it, and it's a, it's amazingly clean stuff. So it's supercritical CO2. But it, again, that thing you you need a lot of uh, <laughs> expertise to use it, and it's it's very expensive to get into. But supercritical CO2 basically is when you pressurize carbon dioxide so much that it turns into a liquid. And carbon dioxide actually will dissolve cannabinoids too, certain cool. ones, and leave other stuff like chlorophyll. I don't think comes out so much in the supercritical CO two extraction, so you don't get that greeny nastiness that uh, a lot of people don't like. It must be some expensive equipment to put something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, it's closed loop, big metal like pumps and pressure and like breaking all that kind bad of shit. <laughs> yeah, maybe Ali Bongo. I swear they had one, probably, Small, mate, probably. little one. <laughs> they fucking have everything. It's shocking the amount of stuff they've got. Yeah, and we but, will uh, be having an interview pretty soon with Simon, the owner of Alibongo. He's going to come and yeah. tell us about all the interesting shit that he goes through every day when in the head shop. It's going to be very cool. But um, extracts, man. It's I have never made BHO or anything too strong like that because I'm afraid of shit blowing up. Pretty simple. It just sounds too fucking dangerous, so I don't play that game. But some people do. You know, you have to know what your own skills are, what what you you are capable of. And decide for yourself if you want to do these things. And if you do want to do it, then make sure you do enough research on the method of making them as well. You know, get out there and look on YouTube and Google shit. These are they're serious chemicals, man. And whether it's mm-hmm. like you said, the, the blowing yourself up part, which is a very real thing and happens all the time, and really sets the whole thing, our movement and the argument that we should have legal shit back because like you have this kind of shit happening with irresponsible people doing irresponsible things which you could argue i think is an effect of prohibition because if prohibition wasn't around those people wouldn't be doing that blah 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 but Mm -hmm. again prohibition but again with some of these solvents you got to be really sure that you if you're purging them like these ethanol isopropyl for example or uh, butane you want to get all of that out there's reasons why here in canada health canada has regular like limits on when you get your stuff tested it has to be under a certain parts per million of xyz solvent because they're not safe for consumption mm-hmm. and so if you're doing this make sure that you are aware of that and potentially that a rice cooker might not be able to boil off all your uh, solvent so that's a risk you're going to be taking yeah. um, and more so with the other ones because they're even more fucked so that's right. Yep. If you're going to make extracts, stick to rosin. Rosin's a good one, man. But you can make some some FICO slash RSO if you yeah. want to boil. But you, you know, there's uh, guides over on Percy's for these as well. You know, head over to Percy's and it'll show you how to make RSO or FICO if you wanted to make that shit. But it, it's just being safe, man. Making sure that everything is extracted out at the end and you are just left with the, the extracts and the concentrates rather yeah. than whatever contaminants were left behind. Well, you remember I did that story about the Delta 8, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, last week? That's the same thing. That's an extract. That's a, that's a chemically synth- synthesized extract mm-hmm. that isn't a full, a pure extract. And they don't even know what those other byproducts in it are. So, mm-hmm. And they don't care a lot of the time. Most and of this the time. is why rosin is so good, man, because how clean it is, you're not using any of these solvents good. and, Very good point. and yeah. alcohols. You're just squishing the bud, man. There's nothing more to it than that. Yeah. if you want to try an extract and dabbing is like the most popular way as well 
I think RSO and FICO are used more medicinally when people want to use cannabis yeah. as medicine, they'd use the RSO or FICO. Not, but like my, my RSO, I have a shitload. I eat it twice a day, every day, for sure once before I go to bed. And it's not the most pleasant tasting thing. I wouldn't doubt mm -hmm. it because it's dirty as mm -hmm. fuck. It would wreck my nail in instantly. And yeah, it's, a, it's more of a medicinal application yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, so you know yeah. each thing does their their own thing man but can also be used recreationally like most drugs yeah <laughs> eat just fucking eat a glob and go party man mm -hmm. fuck they even fucked up but rossi seems asleep. to be the most popular man rossi seems like the shit i still it's, haven't tried it at home honestly if you're just into the wreck aspect of it i would definitely go for rosin because it's you know like you said easiest to make safest to make and if you do what chilbert does and go all the way to hash rosin it's mm -hmm. probably rivals the tastiest stuff out there probably is the tastiest out there to be honest so mm -hmm. yeah man so yeah. there we go everybody that's like extracts it, there's always a lot more to it but pretty much that's that's extracts man so what you need to do now is you need to go get yourself a grow gear a rosin press and a dab rig and then in a few yeah. months you should be hitting your own yeah. fucking hash rosin mm -mm. <laughs> you're gonna have to grow man because if you plan on buying enough yeah. weed to make mm -hmm. this it's like you're gonna i hope you're like you know wolf wall street or something but yes stuff costs fortune man you know the, the equipment say it all shit. up and then the cannabis you need to get that shit too oh so, and or if you're gonna go out and just buy any one of these extracts out front in a dispensary if you're in a legal place this shit costs fucking a fortune you'd get a gram for like 60 pound yeah. it's like nah like for real a gram for 60 pound and you'll smash that shit one toke all gone oh that was tasty on another quick safety it. note though the word concentrate will concentrate everything pesticides included mm. other poisons mm. that they that growers that you don't know what they put on their plant have put on their plant mm -hmm. so buying illegally or from an unknown source is also risky if you plan on doing this because yeah, yeah. if it has that shit in it it's still going to have that shit in it you say the monkey i was gonna say a gram of concentrate though if you smash that all in one sitting you're really going to be right <laughs> yeah right <laughs> that's a big one man it's pretty sweet man i, I just i can't wait to try rosin it's just it looks so nice so tasty you know it looks like honey in a way doesn't it so, Similar to honey. Delicious, man. I have to yeah, say, though, the, these diamonds and sauce, specifically the sauce, is so tasty, too. Wow. Uh, Chilbert says hash rosin costs £100 plus a gram in the UK. Damn. Here, I'll see, just so, pop up uh, Black Market and see what I can get it for. Mm -hmm. You know, Chilbert makes his own. Sphere for about 50, yeah, no, uh, 50 I don't. gram. They're the cheapest I've seen it in the legal sphere. Chilbert's the fucking hash man, though. Yeah, Chilbert just makes everything. Chilbert does all this shit, man. He's a proper legend. He, he, he just standard, thoroughly enjoys his cannabis. <laughs> standard rosin is like a hundred quid a gram over mm -hmm. here. Mm -hmm. yeah, that's love fucking hash. robbery, man. That's it. If you the want to 30, try this shit, you got to make it yourself, really. You have to. Thirty-one fifty a gram here. That's not bad. OG Kush live hash rosin. Fifty-five fifty-five for some papaya and dolato. Ooh. Mm -hmm. That's 80 bucks a gram normal, though. It's on sale. <laughs> legacy or legal? This is legacy. So if anybody wants to comment on this video and let us know which kind of extract they would like to try that they haven't tried before, or if you have tried an extract, which one's your favorite and why, let us know. That would be a, 
a cool discussion to have in the comments below. Yeah. Yeah. But fucking Ronson is the one I'm going for. Can't wait for that one. Oh, Anybody I'm, visits in Canada, you know, hint, hint, nudge, nudge. I get all this shit. So come visit. Nice. Cool. Yeah. In the, the flatlands of Canada in Saskatchewan. Yeah, if you're ever out in Saskatchewan <laughs> for fucking some reason. <laughs> but, you know, to pick up some uranium. You know? I don't know why you would be here in any reason, actually. So. Yeah, the rain, to see the I world's offer. biggest paperclip, bro. Yeah. That's is true. that here? Is yeah, yeah mate. Yeah. Dude, dude, it's it's oh. like the, the most famous thing about Saskatchewan, man. It's the, they have the world's biggest paperclip. I'm going to have to go check that out. Yeah, check it out, man. You're going to have to you see it. You've been there all your life and never seen the world's biggest paperclip? You know, I can see it yeah. from here. You know? yeah. <laughs> we got the world. That's that's a very Saskatchewan thing. The world's biggest lots of shit is here. Like, <laughs> it's fucking pretty funny, but... You got a space a war, for it. There's a there's a kind of a town in Norway that built a bigger moose than... Uh, I, I forget where it was. Somewhere. Maybe it was not Saskatchewan, but I think it was out east, actually, in the Maritimes. But then they had a moose. They built like the antlers a bit bigger out here, and then now we're the biggest moose again because that's important and shit. Oh my god! <laughs> they enlarged the antlers. And it's a big it deal. It's a really big deal. They retrofitted yeah. the moose with bigger antlers. I've seen the world's so, biggest teapot. So of course, with the um, with the with the grow guides, also comes the list of questions, the list of mail. So we have a few questions, uh, and yeah, I, I highlighted the because the the questions were a bit long and. You know, we can go to the whole subject briefly. Uh, English 23 asked uh, about grafting multiple strains onto one plant. That's an interesting one. I think we should do a, a, a grow guides on grafting because this is it's an interesting concept. It would be a good news story or a grow guide, but yeah, it can be done. I mean, they're all the same species, so no matter which strain you put on it. It's well, let's quickly like... explain what grafting even is because there'll be people okay. who are listening who'll be like, what the fuck do I mean? Grafting? I'm always grafting in my grow room. And it's like, no, we don't mean like like working hard. Sometimes people would chop a stem off a cannabis plant or any kind of plant. It's not just cannabis. This works with, it works with loads of different types of plants and trees. And you can just cut one branch off it and stick it to another tree. Root. And then it, it will right. just grow yes. as a branch on the tree rather than making it grow roots or anything. Yeah, typically it's done real frequently in the fruit fruit in yeah. uh, industry like grapes or you will use a root stock of one plant and it'll be grafted on the uh, the top the fruiting stock of a different plant uh, citrus is done very frequently the same way mm -hmm. you know nuts all those things you, it, and that is you know your, your root is completely different than the tops but it all it all works it's the same yeah. thing you would do in a cannabis plant you would basically cut off each branch and then you would make notches into into the stem and basically stick these other live stems to it and then uh, wrap it and the cannabis plant will heal and feed those different strains from, from the one rootstock it's pretty cool even um, when you break stems on a cannabis plant you sometimes you just tape it back on hold it in place with a stilt or a, a stint or a stent what's it called <laughs> you know what the fuck split is, a splint there we go yeah, just splint it, a little bit of wood or something taped around, hold it in place, and it will heal itself. And essentially, this is the same thing. You just snip in one branch of one plant, say it's yeah. a silver haze, and then you bring it over to put it onto another plant, which say it's a, it's a lemon haze, mm -hmm. and you cut the branch off there, and then you just stick it on, put some tape around it with a splint, and yeah. it should attach itself to that plant and be able to receive its nutrients from it as well. Yeah, the critical part being that you need to hook up the parts of the plant that transfer liquid to and from it so that it can, you know, 
I guess, uh, repair the piping so it all works again. So you gotta have the right kind of stem cuts and, and fit it all in tightly so that they can make liquid move around correctly. I've heard rumors out there yeah. about plants that have had like five different strains grafted. I've seen the Instagram pictures of them, so mm -hmm, they do mm -hmm. exist. So it can be done. So Thank give it a shot if you want, isn't it? You've done this I before, TG? Something you done? No, but I've been meaning to do this for about eight years because I always have hops in my yard because they're so closely related. You can apparently graft cannabis to a hops plant. How about that? Oh, nice. I'm, I'm going to try it. We have hops again at the new house here. I mean, so. just put a couple of branches on it and be like, what are you on about, officer? It's a hops yeah. plant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Just a couple of buds on it. It could work, man. They're, they do look very similar. And if the males are identical, actually, the male flowers. They're 100 identical. Oh, right. So, yeah, Google male hops plant. You'll be surprised. I guarantee you. Shonoff also has a question here about choosing the right genetics for you. How can you choose the right genetics for you? How do you decide? And first off, you need to try as much different strains of cannabis as yeah. possible. You know, get over to Amsterdam if you're in the UK or Europe, or if you're in the USA. Loads of different places you can go to. You know, just try and. Tr experiment as much as you can with different strains and you might find one that works perfect for you but you know you keep testing great <laughs> advice actually like practically because how do you like how do you know what beer you like if you've never drank beer before mm -hmm. so i mean same Just thing with trying them yeah and especially when part of the question there is choosing the right genetics for you well if, if you're going to grow it yourself you also need to take in consideration where you're going to grow it yeah, very you know, true. Very if you've true. got a small tent, I wouldn't put a, a, a haze, you know, original haze up in there because it's just not going to work. Yeah, uh, you'll never finish. Up a plant. Exactly. <laughs> so lots of different factors involved there. Yeah. yeah. Good, good points. Good point. It, if it comes to growing, you know, when you're talking about growing, you're choosing the right genetics for it when you're growing. You know, if you want to have a crop done quickly, use autos. If you can, some of them autos will finish in like 10 weeks. From seed to harvest, ten weeks. So if you need to get one done quickly, use that. But indicas would, well, indicas with the finger marks here, would generally finish sooner, like eight week flowering period. Then you get the heavy sativas, which take sixteen to twenty weeks. So if you're looking at getting something done quickly, then uh, choose an indica dominant plant. Yeah, but just keep experimenting. Yeah. There are some similarities between people. In general, indicas are, are better for relieving pains than most people, but you can't really say the blanket case. So point being, everybody's endocannabinoid system is different. So you're going to have to try a few to find out what the one that you mm -hmm. really need. Mm -hmm. There's no other way. Just experiment. Jack Harrow is probably a good one for you. It usually is. <laughs> well, yeah, that's the one back you would recommend everybody try at least. Mm -hmm. And it's yeah, a good so one. It's uh, it's checks all the boxes. It really, it really yeah. does. Check here is a good one, man. It's not straight. a bad one at all. Then we have one from Stutter here. If you're going to use pollen that's been in the freezer slash fridge, do you need to let it warm up to room temperature before using it? TG, that's your kind of thing. That's a good question. I don't actually know. I don't freeze my pollen. I probably should, but. Oh. Uh, I'd go yeah. out on a limb and say, no, you wouldn't have to warm it up. As long as the pollen's dry, it's going to yeah. be fine. Yeah. And then once you put it on your flowers, it's going to warm up in the tent on, yeah. you know, on the, on the stigma. So 
it's not like the pollen yeah is alive and needs to like wake up or something probably yeah. like i don't actually know it, but they're just they're cells right and they just land and when they touch the thing that they're supposed to touch they react so whether they're cold or not maybe the maybe it would be a bit less effective but probably not i don't know try it and then try one when it's warmed up and let us know yeah, yeah the grains are so small i think that you know they're going to warm up super fast yeah. once they hit well, that warm tent good point yeah so uh and that one from woody what's more important par or lvpd lighter environment it's a difficult question man when it comes to par and lpvd you know i hate these acronyms these are <laughs> they're not acronyms what the l yeah, I, I, I don't Googled know that one. I couldn't find it. I think it maybe it's a typo and it's just a BPD. I got Las Vegas In... Police Department is all it came up. <laughs> I'm just going to go ahead and parrot Bruce Bugby, Dr. Bruce Bugby, and say light. Light is your limiting factor. If you don't have the added, like, if, you're, if your light isn't optimized, nothing else can be optimized mm -hmm. because it can't reach the full potential of, you know, nutrient absorption, transpiration, um, all of that shit. If your light isn't top like for your space then yeah i think you're gonna have limitations yeah. so i would say the light is probably bigger most important. most important to uh to nail down <laughs> I, agree. I mean that's what you want to be spending most money on when you get your grow room and shit as well you, you need to invest in a good light the better light you have the the better the plants are going to grow because that's essentially what its food is it, that's what it needs like for to photosynthesize to make its food to break down them sugars and starches and create food for itself. Too, you know, Everything else can be done. Yeah. I can just eat light mm. more than other plants. So. so give it what it wants, man. And VPD is just pretty much, if you got your plant at the right temperature for at the right humidity, that that's the VPD done. You don't need to worry about no complicated terms and shit like that. Just have the correct humidity and temperature in your grow room and you'll be fine. And that is something that we're, we're going to be covering in one of the future episodes in a few episodes. We're going to be covering the uh, right temperature and humidity for the cannabis plant for its different stages. But, you know, just take it easy, man. If it gets too warm, the plants will tell you by the way they're looking. The the, the leaves will crawl, like, crawl in, claw inwards on the top. What's it called? Canoeing, that's it, canoeing. If it's too hot, the plants will, like, canoe. The leaves will roll in on themselves. Then, you know, to reduce it. Just if plants look happy, there's usually some kind of issue. You, know, you can come over to Percy's and get some help. But have a good light with some good fans blowing around, good extraction, and things will usually just stay balanced and pretty easy. But that's all the questions we have, I think. I can answer this one. I didn't I answered it in chat, but I'll say it out loud. SG2 asked, what concentrate is of is in a vape cart cartridge? Mm. Um, those vape cartridges, you know, the, yeah, yeah. I think South Park calls them pussy sticks. <laughs> that's a good episode. Um, yeah, that's mostly distillate. Um, sometimes you get live, live resin in there too, but generally it's distillate. So what's distillate? Is that like FICO? But it's uh, FICO it's... taken one step further. Right. Yeah. So we like, it's what I do at work. Actually, it's my job. I'm a distillation distiller, I guess. You criminal. Yeah. You take, well, not anymore, no. In this country, you are, bro. <laughs> yeah. All right. In this country, you're breaking the law, bro. In this country, you'll be arrested. I know. I know. <laughs> it'd, be like, it'd be like Walter White. I get called Walter White at work all the time by when tours come by. 
And it's like, oh yeah, good one, guys. <laughs> but no, distillate is, is exactly what it is. It's fractional distillation. So the crude oil or the RSO or the FICO or the quiso, whatever the fuck you want to call that, has THC or whatever cannabinoid in it, plus a whole bunch of other shit, right? Chlorophyll, fats, lat, waxes, lipids, flavonoids, terpenes, um, thiols, you know, all the stuff that makes cannabis great. And in distillation, what we're doing is we're heating that liquid up, the, the oil, very slowly, and you boil off all of that stuff that I just taught said, and you get to a point where you hit where the cannabinoid starts boiling off, and then you take your your collection flask, which is just a big glass ball, you take off the one that has all the waste shit in it that I just talked about, and you put on a new fresh one. And everything now that comes out is pure THC, or effectively, it's about 80 to 80 five percent thc or cbd and you leave that ball on there for a while and then eventually it runs out and then you take it off and then you have your distillate that's what distillate is very simple yeah man. actually yeah so it's really cool too very cool i highly recommend googling some like how-to videos of distillation because it's awesome will we see you in any teaching <laughs> unfortunately no i'm not in any of the pr stuff uh Summit Research, I mean, they're a great resource. They have some pretty funny videos, and uh, yeah, they'd be where I would start. Sweet, man. So there we go, everybody. That's uh, the Grow Guides and the Q&A all done. There we go. 420 has just passed. So yeah. smoke something if you haven't done that yet. Make My sure 420. Still Shit. good and high. But we can go oh, to the – let's go to the outro section here. Let's do that. There we go, everybody. That was the episode all about cannabis concentrates. Again, if you need any help or you want to try making any of these, come over to BurstysGrowRoom.com, get proper advice before you do try to make this because some of these methods are very dangerous and you will need help to make sure that you're being as safe as possible. So head over to Percy's Grow Room and ask some questions if you need to. Uh, but for now, that's it for this week. Uh, we have the show on Sunday, so come and join us over on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash homegrown. If you are free, it'll be good to see you over there in the live chat. But if we don't see you there, then of course we have the same episodes next week. We have the, the news on Monday, interview on Wednesday, and a grow guides on Friday all over again. So hopefully we'll see you next week. Thanks for downloading the episode. Hope you enjoyed it. And uh, if you can head over to our YouTube channel and leave a like on the video. But as usual, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you for downloading the show. I hope you enjoyed it. And we'll catch you on Sunday or Monday for more high and homegrown. Nice one. Have a good week. Stay safe. Stay high and all of that. Nice one. Goodbye, everybody.